This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. My name is Jamie Devitt and you're listening to the Blue Army podcast. My name is Maddie Robson. My name is Chris Phillip. My name is Paul Anderson. My name is Mark Boyd. Hello. My name is Derek Combs. My name is Toby Show Silva. My name is Greg Abbott, and you're listening to the Blue Army Podcast. Enjoy. Hi. Hello. 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 Nice. Will's back. Hey, Will. How was your holiday? Hi. I was good. Yeah. It's great. Did you get back last night? Did you? Um, quite late last night, yeah. It's about half midnight. Late nights, late nights late and nights. early starts, mate. Yeah, and you got work well, was, football today. I've got work. Well, work work doesn't start until five. I've just got one job. But I'm in the thing working from home mostly, mm. and then football. Yeah, you all got into football. And Liam, are you yeah. looking to park at mine? Yeah, I think that's the plan tonight. It'll be after six tonight, one. It's so. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I won't I mean, need any, like, Yeah, I, I might not be there myself if you get back at 6-ish. Um, I'll be out until about maybe 6.30, depends how long the job lasts. Mm. Yeah, so but, yeah but, yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be all right. No, I've got to go, um, I've got to go drop off the camera at Carlisle City. Um and then I'm gonna nash over I think to cool. to to Brunton Park. Yeah, where are you gonna watch it from? Um, well the Warwick's back open, isn't it? Yeah, I mean they didn't, you know, they never really closed it. They sort of like suspended ticket sales and then they reopened it again once I think two or was it three of the fans were named and shamed. Yeah, not, not shamed because they're still anonymous, but named to the club and the police. Yeah. Yeah. So was uh, yeah. it season tickets? Were season tickets always just allowed to stay in there? Yeah, they only suspended sales, and they said they were considering. Yeah. They did say they were considering a range of options, and one of them could have been a full closure of the stand. I don't think. I think it was possible that it might have been season tickets only. I don't think it was ever likely that they were going to move. You know, close the stand entirely. But no, it's um, it's open as normal. Just a few more, a few more um. Security measures. Um, yeah. The stewards have been told to 
instead of stewards have been told to intervene more if anything happens, these things come out of a big crowd of people. I'm not sure how, unless you're standing like one or two people away from whoever throws it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how you can really expect the stewards to spot the thrower, but um, they'll be doing more checks. Obviously, like um, no vapes allowed and stuff like that. Yeah. I think they've got new cameras as well, haven't they? I read yeah. that somewhere. Yeah, well, I noticed the last game after the after the incident, they took the GoPro from behind the other goal and put that in this, you know, put that facing the Warwick Road end. Obviously, nothing happened after that, but um, mm. yeah, I guess they need something a bit better than that if they're trying to catch potential troublemakers. Yeah, I mean, they used to just use it for like the reaction for a goal because they, they, they've realized all of a sudden that limbs go, can go viral. So if you get like a decent celebration <laughs> after a goal, you can get, you know, a really popular video out the back of it. Um, so I don't know if it was just kind of that and then they just kind of, it looked like they were putting more security on, but they were just really just doing what they always kind of do and they've got that like goal reaction camera that they started doing towards the tail end of last season. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't there at the start of the game. They did kind of like move it there after the announcements. I think it was just behind the goal that um, the Fleetwood were shooting towards. So, you know, it would have caught Carlisle's goal in the first half, but I don't know unless you. I I didn't think that they particularly wanted to catch opposition goals, but I think that's where the camera was until they moved it. All right. All Maybe right. they want All to right. catch potential worldy saves. <laughs> well, you know, we'll go on to talk about uh, worldy saves or the lack thereof potentially. Um, but yeah, before we do that, lads, Wills, it's lovely to have you back. Um, I'm going to kick things off properly, mate. Oh, it matters. How's it gone? And welcome back to the Blue Army podcast. This is, of course, episode 121. That's right. I snuck a sneaky episode in, didn't I, during the week? Jamie Devitt, part three. The trilogy was completed. Um, There's been a buzz about the podcast because of those Jamie Devitt interviews. And I just want to say a big thank you to him for all of his time. Um, And lads, we're going to be getting to know Jamie Devitt a little bit better over the course of the season. He's agreed to come on uh, with us. And uh, yeah, we're going to bring Max on uh, more regularly. Max was on here last week. Everyone say hi to Max because I'm sure he's listening. Hi, Max. Hi, Max. (laughs) Hi, Max. (laughs) I'm sure he's listening. Um, Looking forward to your first four-person podcast. That's Not it. Again, the one with Gay Breeze, but for <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's getting it's, it's you know it's exciting, isn't it? It's exciting. It's nice that we're going to yeah. be working as as sort of like a like a foursome, basically going forward, and it just means more that, games. Like, yeah <laughs> well, I'm going to have to diversify the games. I am. So this is the second to last game of. Um, what's it called? The big fat quiz of the last season. So we've only got two more of them to go today's and then next week's, and then that's done. Uh, So there'll be a new game that hopefully we'll all be able to put our heads together and come up with something that, you know, we can play as a foursome basically. Um, But yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out as we go along as we always do. And this episode has been very much sort of like figured out as I've gone along. I've had a very busy weekend. um, So just bear with us on this one, but it's going to be a good one. And we know it's going to be a good one because right at the start, of the episode we kick things off with a little bit of tradition around here on the blue army podcast and at this time of the show it can mean one thing 
and one thing only. That's right, gentlemen, it's time for the Blue Army Podcast Joke of the Week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's the Blue Army Podcast Joke of the Week. Here we go, boys. Here we effing go. Right. Did you hear about the two nuns that got flashed? No, I didn't hear about the two nuns that got flashed. What happened with them, Liam? Well, one of them was so shocked that she had a stroke, but the well, other one happened? couldn't reach. Well, the other one couldn't reach it. Well, it's a bluey. It's a goodie. It's a bluey. You've got to have blueies because it's the Carlisle United podcast where the blue. So we've gone in a blue direction with some of the jokes. I like that one. I thought that was pretty good. But do you know what else is pretty good, lads? It's time for you two to take over the show. That's right. It's the part of the show where we get to find out what's been happening here. What's been happening there in the league? One roundup with Liam and Wills. Right. I mean, we haven't prepared for this at all. Um, I don't know if. Don't say that. We're, we're always prepared. We're always prepared. <laughs> I've been busy. I got back from holiday yesterday and I've been That's... busy video editing video editing and all kinds of like work stuff to catch up on. So I've, I've I'm sure Liam's done stuff as well. I've pre-warned the audience that we're flying by the seat of our all pants right. this time. It's going to be a bit less formulaic <laughs> than it normally is, a bit more chaotic potentially. Well, I've picked a I've picked a possible format and see if Liam agrees with it. Um right. we've got two we've got four teams that are on maximum points after two games. And mm. six teams that are on zero points after two games. Uh, I don't know if you want um if you want to take one and I'll take the other. I'll take the bottom. Go on, I'm then. more familiar with them ones. Do you have the list in front of you? I've got the list in front of me. It Do is you want to go through them and their matches to then. Absolutely. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, for teams at the bottom, they're usually like X League Two teams, which is my area of expertise. So I'm, 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 I'm you're more in than wheelhouse. So. <laughs> uh, bottom is uh, on minus two. Uh, Wigan. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to include them because they have actually won both of their opening games. Yeah, that was going to be my little clincher at the end of it. They're a wild card, and they're going to. I'll leave them. I'll leave them to. I'll leave them to you. I'll leave Wigan to you. Uh, we're sticking to the W's. Wickham on zero points. Leighton Orient on zero points. Burton on zero points. Cheltenham on zero points. Reading and Northampton also, and you guessed it. Zero points. Now, Burton's one that I get a lot of stick for because I predicted them to go down. Um, but they've picked up their second loss in as many games. Um, 2-0 to Blackpool was their opening day defeat. And 3-0 against Derby is their uh, most recent defeat on Saturday. Not to mention a 2-0 exit of the League Cup to Leicester City. Now, in all fairness to Burton, they've, play- they've played three very good teams there. They've lost all of them, yet to score a goal. But They've played some very good teams there, and I think there has been slight glimpses of hope against the likes of Leicester. I watched that Leicester game. It was one of the ones they showed on Sky, and they didn't look particularly awful. In in fact, there was parts of that game where they looked like they are played a championship team. However, against Derby, you know, Derby, one of them teams you expect to be up there at the top. Yeah, well, Burton had more um, of the possession, but that's about all they had, really. Derby completely 
wipe the floor with them. It was a you know very easy victory for Derby, and Burton just couldn't keep up with them. Um, with Chel- Cheltenham, another three nil loss again to Bolton. You know, one of the teams you expect to be up there. Orient, an interesting one for me because Leighton Orient were one that people predicted to do quite well this season. Obviously, they still could. It's two games in, but they've lost their opening two games now to uh, Port Vale was the most recent one and one to Charlton. Now, I- I'm sick of saying this, but Port- Portsmouth are one of them teams you expect to be kind of up there. Did I say Port Vale? I meant, I meant Portsmouth. Yeah. The, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 4-0 to, to Portsmouth. But, but yeah, Leighton Orient were just... They were just poor they were like really poor as well it, it wasn't even a close affair they didn't really have that many chances the possession's fairly equal the xg's fairly equal but if you ask any late orient fans if they're happy with that game despite being against a good opposition none of them will be particularly uh happy with that game uh sticking at the three nils lincoln beat wickham wickham now still on zero points on a minus six goal difference which leaves them on the worst goal difference uh, in the league, joint with Port Vale, who have you know, it just shows how bad that one and dead feet was because they've won one, lost one, and they're <laughs> you know they're on the worst goal difference in the league, joint with minus six. Um, but yeah, that leaves us. Uh, who have I missed out? Northampton yeah. are the last ones, I think, and they lost to Wigan, who uh, you know, I'm sure you're going to talk about mm. having won their opening two games. Uh, but yeah, I think that wraps it up. About um, I've mentioned Reading. Um, no. no, you have now. <laughs> I have now. They were the uh, unfortunate team to lose to Port Vale, which is really not a great sign when Port Vale the week before had lost 7 0. Mm-hmm. But they I mean, like, get one over Reading. Two yeah. of the teams there that went up with us, uh, Leighton Orient to Northampton. Um, I'm just looking at the table as well. Um, the other thing that kind of jumps out is of those uh, six teams that have yet to earn a point. Um, only Northampton have scored in those two games. We've got scored one, but the rest of them are all yet to score, which... Are you always oh, relatable. Of... Really? Yeah. You know, we've got one, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, goal scoring <laughs> problems seem to be a thing that's running, you know, rife in the bottom part of the league. And, you know, we're not yeah. too far off them guys, to be honest, where what us and Fleetwood are both on one point just above that. Uh, and that seems to be the issue. You know, I looked at a lot of them. A lot of them have lost 1-0, you know, games like that. It, it seems to be goal scoring that's the problem with all of them bottom. You know, even, even if you include Carl Allen Fleetwood in that, yeah. the, the bottom teams in this league just seem to be struggling to score. Are we surprised or not to see Reading down there? The one of the, Because they had off-the-pitch troubles nah, nah. going into the game, but... They were one of those who didn't quite know what to expect from them because of the combination of off-pitch troubles, but so so we were told anyway, still a decent squad. Um, apparently Andy Carroll's been utter garbage in those two <laughs> games. <laughs> it's worth noting with them boys, though, that they did pick up a 4-0 win over Millwall in the League Cup. Mm. So there's obviously something about them. You know, they're not complete dross. They're managing to beat championship teams in the League Cup. Now, I, I don't know too much about that, um, whether Millwall fielded a team of kids or something like that, but they have picked up a good result in the middle of them two league losses. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, Reading is supposed to be one of the bigger teams in the division, but like you said, they're under a lot of duress at the moment. Um, there's still potential, I'm pretty sure, that they might get a point deduction. 
at some yeah. point this season, there's still sort of like a ruling that needs to be judged as well. Um, yeah. I mean, it, if, if they've got, you know, a bad atmosphere um, around the dressing room, around the coaching, if they try and replace the coach and bring somebody else in and it's, it's, it is the playing staff, you know, it takes longer than one season to sort out your, your squad. Do you know what I mean? So they could be potentially in a bit of trouble. Um, I don't know a lot about the Millwall, the side that they, they, they fielded in the cup. Um, but I don't think that they, they would bother with the cup being the priority for themselves. I think, you know, Millwall and the championship, it's more about stability and focusing on the league. Um, but, I don't know. Reading could be Reading could be in a bit of trouble. Uh, I really, I really do, especially if they get a points deduction uh, and the heads drop even more. Uh, maybe they're just walking into some of these League One clubs thinking we're gonna we're gonna do well, and it's a bit of overconfidence, and you know that can very quickly get quashed. And you know, yeah. then where do you find your confidence? Because you're getting thrashed week in week out. You've got to try and find a foothold. You've got to try and find a system that works at this level. Um and yeah, they're new to this level, so you know yeah. it could be it could be a struggle for them. It could it could it could really be a struggle for them. Certainly, if you've got players like Andy Carroll, who you know not that long ago were seen by some as England's best striking p- potential, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like slid his career's hit the brakes a bit. I think uh, the, then. It, League One's not the same as it used to be in the way that like, you had aging sort of like defensive centre backs up against aging strikers and stuff like you. You need that little bit of pace, don't you? Like you, you're very vulnerable at the back if you don't have any pace, and you know you can't really have that much of a vocal point unless someone can push the lines for you. And yeah, Andy Carroll's a big name, but is he a League One player? Like, yeah. are you going to get the best out of him at this level? Because as a target man, you've still got to be able to bring the ball down and do something with it. Um, and you know, he seems to be struggling right now. Yeah, early days. Um, mm, early days. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's very early days for but we're still... literally all of these clubs. Yeah, mm. I mean, we're still seeing some of the teams who were predicted not to do well. Um, I think I agreed with you on like ranking Burton quite low. Um, are, are down there after two games. So if people didn't think they were going to do well, at the start of the season and they're not having a good start, then he just compounds the pressure on. At the other end of the table, you know, we've got we've got one team who were expected to do well and are doing well. And then a few surprise packages. Um top of the table after two games, Bolton Wanderers. Um, as Liam mentioned, they went to Cheltenham Town and beat them 3-0. All goals scored in the first half in a Pretty dominant game for them. Uh, 73% possession, 16 shots on goal to five. Um, Really good start to the season for Bolton. Um, And as I say, one of the teams that were among the favourites to go up. So a good start. They'll, you know, just kind of like enhances the, you know, the favourite status for Mm. clubs like that. But below them, we've got Cambridge United. Two very good wins. They beat Oxford on the opening day and they then went uh, this weekend, just gone, uh, beat Fleetwood 2-0 away from home. And we saw Fleetwood, I wouldn't say Fleetwood looked that great a team. Um, I mean, obviously we've come up from League 2, so it's difficult to judge 
against what we're used to, because I would definitely say Fleetwood were better than anything that we played last season in League Two. But yeah, absolutely. You know, wouldn't have expected them to be big challenges, but still to go away from home and win two nil and two on the bounce. Good start to the season for Cambridge, uh, the uh, manager there doing a really good I forget his name Mark Bonner doing a really good job um, might get poached he's been linked with a few vacancies um, in the championship potentially so I mean that could be a spanner in the works for them if he goes uh, in third place Stevenage um, we mentioned the um, <laughs> the Orient and Northampton were both among those teams on zero points Stevenage are among the teams on six points. Mm. Um, another good win for them, two nil against Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury being a uh, Shrewsbury won their opening game, and they're they're they, you know they're like a League One stalwart team. They they te- you know they tend to finish mid table. They're not one of the bigger teams in League One, but they're very much established at this level. Um, so for Stevenage to beat them 2-0, that's a really good marker for them that they've set. Uh, Peterborough United, um, who I believe are playing Cambridge tonight uh, and are Cambridge's local rivals, the, the only proper derby in this division, apart from Derby County, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, are in fourth place, again on six points, winning two games. Um Beat Charlton, Charlton, a team that, you know, they've won one, lost one, but you still might think Charlton would be one of the bigger teams up there. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, good start for Peterborough. Um, you can actually have a look at the how, how these uh, how these matches went. But So Peterborough beat Charlton 1-0 um, on what looks to be potentially a fairly even game um, while the, uh, the game earlier... That I mentioned between Stevenage and Shrewsbury. Stevenage looked to have actually been fairly dominant in that. Well, certainly in terms of shots, twenty shots on goal. Um, Did you see the added time in that game? Shots. Um, it, uh, Combined twenty-five minutes. Ah, uh, thirteen minutes. I mean, thirteen and twelve. It was in yeah, midfield. Stevenage, Steve Evans. I mean, uh, <laughs> Steve Evans, ball player. <laughs> well, Stevenage, Stevenage scored their second goal in the 87th minute. So I guess, you know, maybe the time wasting stopped at that point. But <laughs> it <laughs> sounds last minute, but there was <laughs> yeah. another one, like, like <laughs> yeah. 15 minutes to play after that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I mentioned that Cambridge beat Fleetwood. Um, beat them fairly well as well. Um, scored. Two goals close either side of half time, uh, 65% possession. I'm, I'm reading these stats as if they can really tell us the entire story of the game, but I've heard that Cambridge were good in that game anyway. Um, <laughs> brings us on to another team that have won both their games, Lee mentioned earlier, but instead of being among those teams at the top, I should also mention that those four teams that I've just been through, none of them have conceded a goal yet. Mm. Um, and then the other team that's won two games in a row, but instead of being at the top, they're at the bottom because they are Wigan and they started the started the season on minus eight points. 
now as they come to Brunton Park, everyone, and by everyone I mean Wigan fans, are talking about them cancelling out their their deduction today. So we've mm-hmm. got to try and stop them. Uh, two goals in their opening game from Charlie Wyke, who is on fire. It's good to see. Just hope he doesn't have as good a game against us. Um, and then beat Northampton Town 2-1 at the weekend. Um. We're actually, we're actually behind for most of that game, interestingly. Um, so Northampton scored on 24 minutes. So uh, Manuel Hoskins, who did so well at League Two. And then they led right up until the 72nd minute when um, Wickham equalised through Charlie Hughes. And then just seven minutes later through Callum McManaman and 79 minutes took the lead, uh, saw that out. Charlie White did head against the post from a yard out late on. You know, maybe nerves about coming to Brunton Park starting to, starting <laughs> to play on him. But, um, but yeah, yeah, um, Wigan, are they, I mean, the, a lot of people expected them to struggle, but a lot of people also said that They've got a strong squad, you know. They'll quickly move past this eight-point deduction. I don't know if you remember when Leeds were deducted ten points, still because that was the season they beat us in the playoffs. So they'd actually come from even further back than Wigan did to make the playoffs. So um, you know, Wigan started the season well, and it's up to us to. Try and put a bit of a break on that. Yeah, let's hope we can tonight. Eh? Mm. Let's hope we can tonight. Anything else, Will? No, I mean, I tried to look and see if there was anything else that were classes news, but doesn't seem to be. You know, a few signings here and there, nothing eye catching. Yeah. No further points deductions for anyone. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. Not look yet. out, Reading. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> all right, well, Wills, Liam, thank you both very much because we all got to find out what's been happening here. What's been happening there in the league? One roundup with Wills and Liam. Nicely done, boys. Uh, I've got a little bit of news for us. It's been coming out of Brunton Park. There was revealed in the News and Star on Thursday that Carlisle United's board have been whining and dining some potential American investors. Uh, the names were also put into the paper. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I'm going to give it a go. It's the Pateic family, uh, or the Patek family. Uh, the head of the household, Tom, has been, um, well, getting raided all over Twitter, um, LinkedIn. There's been various screenshots put all over. Carla United fan pages trying to, let's say, investigate the extent of the potential investor's wealth. Um, it's not exactly gone down incredibly well. Uh, most supporters aren't getting overexcited by the prospect, and it hasn't really been clearly reported exactly what's going on with the American family, whether or not they're interested in a complete takeover, if they're interested in just buying some shares into Carlisle United, or they're just being wined and dined and they, they might 
have a potential sponsorship deal or something in 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 the future. Uh, we we just don't know. Uh, something that did come out though over the weekend is that Tom Pateik, that's what we're going with, um, did sign uh, up a business under UK registration called Something Sports Limited, something along those lines. So he is obviously setting up roots here in the UK. Liam, I'll throw it to you first. Um, I, I Is it key not to get overexcited on this? Um, well, we've seen things like this before, haven't we? And I think it, it, it's natural for Carlisle fans to be quite sceptical of, you know, these big American owners coming in trying to by the club, maybe maybe it isn't like that, but it's the first time one of these sort of, you know, rumors about a big takeover has actually been sort of acknowledged by the manager, and you know it's been reported like solidly by local news. I'm I'm trying not to get excited about it because it could ultimately lead to nothing. Um, but it's very rare these kind of players. You know, he was at the Annan game. For some reason, you know, he was yeah. at the playoff final. He was at he was at the Bradford game. He, he's obviously taken a keen interest, and he has been for quite a while. Because what? How long ago was that Bradford second leg? Now you know it's 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 a like good May, while ago yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So he's obviously kept a concrete interest. Uh, I wish he'd managed to get it done before the transfer window had started, so we could have a bit of cash in in regards <laughs> to that. But um, <laughs> I think it's generally understood that it's it's looking to it. I don't think it's a sponsorship. I think it's more either buying the club outright or investing money into the club. I think that's what it's it's generally understood that's his that's his um intention. Yeah, I mean, well, it's not Ryan yeah. Reynolds and it's not Rob McElhaney. Um it's not very exciting. He's just a transport sort of company owner. He's got a couple of haulage companies under his belt that he's bought and sold over the years. Mm. Um it's not crazy turnover. He's not the richest man in the world. He's not even got Hollywood money necessarily. Um, is this a better option? Well, I mean, we've been looking for somebody for quite some time with some money to invest. Um, I don't know if he's kind of maybe in the same sort of ballpark as Fred Story, and you know, he did very well for us. He's maybe he's maybe richer than Fred Story. I don't really know <laughs> but um you know like local big businessman local regional um be perfectly happy for someone to come in and put some money into the club um you know if there's like no awkward strings attached if they're the right kind of person um the fact that he's going to games like Annan suggests that you know maybe he's not you know, and he's taking his time to, you know, to look at it. But I say it could just be a sponsorship thing. The club have been pretty quiet about it. Quiet, but also in the way that if they'd been completely silent about it, then you might have thought, oh, this could be something big or not. Maybe the fact that they haven't been completely silent about it makes you think, oh, maybe it's not actually that much. I don't know. Maybe it is just, uh, I think... Um, you know, if I was to guess, I'd say maybe it's not it's not someone looking to buy the club outright, but someone looking to, you know, invest and buy a stake in the club. And you know, if he's got like stable money that he can put in and it doesn't come with awkward strings, then I think that's kind of like something that we should be more than happy to have. 
Yeah, I mean, like they they've had sponsorship with teams across in America before, like sort of semi professional amateur teams that they've sponsored through companies, which most big local companies sponsor, yeah. sort of like Sunday League teams and things like that. Anyway, so I don't think that adds up to any kind of credential for them. But according it's... to the News and Star, sorry, the gross revenue that that transport logistics company that he runs made last year was $414 million. That's a lot more than I thought That's it would be. Half well, a, almost half a billion, right, isn't it? Um, mm. It's worth noting that like the net revenue, so like cost against you know what they make was $85 million, so it's not quite as much. But it, it, it's, it's not like... I've seen it listed as a small business. It's not like a... He's not skint, you know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah. He's, he's more than a sort of Fred story, if you get what I mean. Like, I... I this is on. I don't know. Like this is the news and star, and I, I I tend to trust the news and star. But that's what they're saying. It is the 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 company itself made four hundred forty million dollars last last year, which which is a lot more than I sort of thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. No, that's decent. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's more money than me, so you know. <laughs> 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 good for him good for him but no we don't know what's going to happen with it uh, so obviously we'll keep everybody up to date when the developments to these stories do happen uh, we'll move on uh, Paul Simpson gave us an update in terms of injuries that affected the weekend squad uh, there was an illness uh, suffered from Owen Moxon who was unfortunately actually recovering from a dead leg at the same time looking like he was going to be back and ready in the squad and then unfortunately had an illness Dylan Magooch uh, obviously Liam, you can say it properly, can't you? Dylan McGeeck. Dylan McGeeck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> suffering from a hamstring injury. Um, so it's unclear to know the extent of that right now, unfortunately. And Sean Maguire was called away on some personal family issues that Paul Simpson has commented on in that same interview just to extend his condolences. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And his sympathies with the situation that Sean Maguire is finding himself in currently and the club are going to do everything they can to support him and his family. Because there's not much information on that gentleman, I'm going to move on rather swiftly and quickly to a little bit of Lone Watch where we'll find out how things have been going for young Max Killsby over at the newly promoted 
supported Annan Athletic. Unfortunately, over the weekend, Annan lost 3-1 to a side called Montrose. And uh, Killsby played the full 90 minutes. Lads, we know it's going to be a hard season for him. Uh, we know it's going to be a hard season for Annan Athletic. Uh, Will, is, is this yeah. going to be best for Max Killsby's development. You know, he's had the taste of success with promotion and now he has to sort of like stick things out and, um, you know, it'll put him in a good position potentially if he does get called back into the Carlisle side because he's in a very similar situation like Annan and Carlisle, newly promoted sides, you know, might, you know, find themselves struggling a little bit at first to get that step up. So that that should surely help him, don't you think? Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can kind of read too much into how the team that is, you know, that is playing for doing as a whole. Um, I think it's we talked about um, it being early days in relation to League One, um, still early days in relation to Scotland. Um, in Murphy, we trust. Um, you know, <laughs> we know he's kind of good at bringing players through, and you know, I still feel like. You know, whatever you know, whatever happens, I think, I think is probably in the best place for him at that level. He's still quite close to home as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good loan move. It's it's a good loan move. He's going to be able to test himself at that division. Uh, lastly, Carlisle United have signed a goalkeeper on loan. It's Icelandic international, uh, something Andersons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I just I, is that what it was? I, Yo- I just couldn't remember Yo- what is. You could or Yeah, it's a you know, it's a vowel sound. That's not. It's neither O or er. Uh, it's like. Good old Andy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Good old Andy, the goalkeeper. Uh, Liam, obviously, you know, you've had your opinions on Hoyley and uh, Hawley, sorry, and we're going to get there eventually uh, to talk about what happened at the Oxford game. Um, We needed somebody to push him, didn't we? And obviously, we've had a little bit of information on Anderson. He was involved in Exeter. How do you feel like that experience is going to stand him coming into the squad now? Yeah, he's. He's got a similar experience to Thomas Hawley, really, where he's got he's experienced a bit of success. Uh, so it's, it's it's fairly similar. And if you're looking at careers, Thomas Hawley's played a lot more games than this Anderson guy. However, the reaction from Reading fans is the thing I'm most sort of pleased about. Is that a lot of Reading fans were a little bit disappointed that he wasn't coming in being their number one this season. Mm. No, he didn't have a particularly good loan spell last season. I'm not I'm not sure whether that's down to injury because I think he, I think he played a few games. He didn't play many. Um, I I think it was, and it was it was at League One level last season as well. Um, but look, he, he's coming into his sort of I think he's what twenty three, twenty four, which is still very young for a goalkeeper because goalkeepers have a lot longer careers than your outfielders. But yeah, I think I think the the time at Exeter will do him well. He hasn't played consistently first team for a good couple of years now, and I think that's probably why he's coming to Carlisle. That's what he's looking for coming here. Yeah, it's going to be a good test between him and Holy to see who's going to start tonight in Nets. Obviously, Will, you've you had your opinions in the group chat about what it can potentially mean uh, to, to to swap a goalkeeper so early in the season. Um, I mean, why don't you, why don't you yeah. talk us through that opinion now? Um, I just think that um, you shouldn't really you you've got to have a good reason to want to drop a goalkeeper. It's kind of 
it's a big decision. It, it's not like outfield players where, you know, maybe after a couple of questionable games, they might, you know, they might come out of the squad and come back in be, just because a goalkeeper, I mean, I think it's partly because of just kind of the fact that they're the linchpin of the defence. It changes a lot for the whole defence if you're kind of like changing the goalkeeper. But I think it's also, it's just seen as quite a, a big move to the goalkeepers to like drop them. I think it was really you know, interesting. Did you watch um, Sunderland till I die? I that haven't the first, seen it now. Yeah, the the first, yeah. Have you seen it, Liam? Yeah. Mm. It's it's really interesting. The first season you've got like a, is it Luke Steele, Lee Camp. Um, there's there is a like a like a I don't know where he, I can't remember where he was from. Like no, some kind of Scandinavian goalkeeper in yes. there as well. Yeah, I know. And what you you mean, do yeah. you do see the sort of like crisis of confidence when people are getting pulled out of squads and stuff. Sorry, Will. Yeah, I, th- I think what I was trying to say is that it affects goalkeepers more than it affects other positions because a goalkeeper's position is seen as being a bit more permanent. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's harder for a goalkeeper that's dropped out of the squad to get back in. And also the goalkeeper, if, if you're know, if if you saying that your goalkeeper's made mistakes and has to come out, then you kind of it kind of implies that you're maybe kind of blaming goals conceded on them, which is maybe a bit more, you know, a bit more of a severe thing than saying to just like a defender or a midfielder, you you know, you've been off the pace a bit. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think there should be like, I think you've kind of got to be prepared to at the right time. I think it's just, it, it, it it's not a decision you can take lightly because you can end up in a situation where you've got, Two or three goalkeepers. I think we've seen it with Carlisle. I think we had it with uh, Graham Kavanagh's squad when we were in League in League One until Jordan Pickford came in. There was just a lot of chopping and changing, and it just seemed like he just ended up with all these out of form, out of confidence goalkeepers, and you couldn't just throw one in. You know, throw one back into the squad. Say, oh well, you know, I shouldn't have dropped you. I'll put you back in again. Um, you know, it doesn't just doesn't quite work like that with keepers. They're a bit of a different breed. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it'll be interesting to see how that situation goes on. Um, and and to see you know because he wanted a contest, Simo. He wanted there to be a contest between the two. So maybe we'll see Hawley's best game tonight. You know, if he plays because he has got some legitimate competition potentially. No disrespect to Mick Kelly and Gabe Breeze, but for potentially the first time in his Carlisle United career so far. He's got some proper league, English league, experienced, somebody that's going to push him towards the line. So we might end up seeing the best out of Holy as well. And hopefully we do. Lads, we'll move on from the news. That's all the news for this week. And we'll dive into our first game of the show. It's time for the big fat quiz of last season. Ooh, I'm <laughs> what was that? Uh, it's, just a, it's just another gimmick, isn't it? <laughs> just another gimmick. Just another gimmick. Right, the big fat quiz of last season, lads. We're going to have to try and tie things off for this game rather quickly because obviously we know that Max will be joining us more regularly. So in the interest of moving the game along, we're going to go through a question from February, a question from March, and a question from April. And next week, 
week. We'll finish things off with what happened in May. So the way things stand after a complete whitewash of the last quiz, gentlemen, they stay the same. It's 7-5 to Mr. Denwood as we speak at the moment. He's doing rather, rather well. And um, it's time for you, Liam, to pick what category you would like first. Would you like something from column A or column B? Take column A this week, please. Okay, so here we go with the first question from column A for Liam. In February, Carlisle suffered their biggest defeat against who and what was the score? Oh, Christ. I thought you were going to tell me the score there. Um, <laughs> it was, I believe, I can remember it. It was Mansfield Town and was it 4-0? It was Mansfield Town and it was 4-0. Congratulations, you're off the mark. And you've got yourself a point. So in March, Carlisle beat Swindon 2-1 with a 96th minute winner. But who scored? It was a Ryan Edmondson header. It was a Ryan Edmondson <laughs> header, which gave us that iconic picture of head, uh, the Hunt and Edmo celebrating with the away Carlisle fans. Well done, two for two. In April, Carlisle lost 1-0 to Late Norient away. Mm, Do you know the lacking. name of Late Norient Stadium? What? <laughs> Mate, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel for questions. Like, that's why we're powering through. Um, I was, do you know what? I've, I was in the ground that, that day as well. So I, um, oh God. <laughs> Are you allowed to tell me if it's a sponsor? One of them weird. Um, only because neither, like Will's got a very similar question and that's also not a sponsor as well. So okay. Will gets the same advantage. That's the only reason I'll tell you. I, to be honest, I, 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 I know, I, there's a name in my head. I don't know if it's Leighton Orient though. Is it Brisbane Road? Congratulations, Liam. You've got three for three. It was Brisbane Road, which uh, puts you on 10 points. And uh, Will, to stay in the game, you need at least two to stay in the game before the last game of the season. So here we go. In February, Carlisle scored five goals for the second time in the league. But who did they beat and what was the score? Um, I think it was Colchester. Uh, I'm going to go 5-2. It was 5-2, but it was Crawley, I'm afraid. Ah! It was Crawley. So you were on the right lines, but here we go. We need a perfect game from you now, Wills. Off we go. In March, which two Carlisle United players had their contracts extended? Um, I've got uh, John Mellish and I think Paul Huntington. It was Callum Guy and Jack Armour. If it makes you feel any better, I wouldn't have got either of those two questions. <laughs> Why? How come my questions have got two answers? Liam's <laughs> <laughs> questions had two answers for the most part. 
I thought that was the easier question. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, in April, Carlisle drew nil-nil away at Walsall. What is the name of Walsall Stadium? Bescott Stadium. It is the Bescott Stadium. Well, well done. Well done. You've managed a consolation prize. Uh, I don't know if we'll bother next week, though, because obviously we know we know that Liam's going to be winning. Uh, but if we've got Max joining us next week, we might just have a fun little game. just to, So so at least the audience and everybody gets like the whole well-rounded it's experience. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Of clo- Some kind of closure. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll make up like some multi-question thing next week. No, no, we have to play to the same format. It's not fair, is it? Fair. <laughs> well, well done, gentlemen. Uh, you know, it, it was it was a tough quiz this week, and you've both yeah. done quite well to at least get some points on the board. So we're going to move hey. on. Um, we're going to move on to the match report. We all know what the score was. We're all very disappointed in that. So I don't think that this match report is going to take a incredible amount of time but as we always do before we dive into the discussion i'll give you the carla united starting lineup for their game against oxford united we had thomas holy in net with a back five of finn back sam lavelle paul huntington john mellis and jack armor with a midfield three of alfie mccalmont callum guy and taylor charters and a front pairing of ryan edmondson and Oh, I almost said Gordon again. Jordan Gibson. <laughs> um, Gordon you Gibson. Know- Gibbles, yeah, Gibbles, Gibbles been given the opportunity to 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 lead the line uh, with, with more consistently than Edmo. Edmo's been criticised uh, against Harrogate for being too blatant of running the channels to the left and the right and not staying central enough. That was said by Paul Simpson in his statement after uh, the Harrogate game. He said, "If if if Ryan Edmondson wants to play up front, he has to stay in the middle." Um, this pairing, though. Will, do you think we're going yeah. to see it continue? No. No? No? I mean, I think we're still looking for... I know we've got, like, um, you know, not all the strikers that we have are available to us at the moment, but um, I think we're still trying to find, you know, trying to find out what our best, you know, what our best attack formation is going to be. Hmm. Um, so I'd do that as well, sorry. I'd be very surprised if they didn't sign another striker as well before the window shut. Yeah, it's like who's going to step up to be our main striker and is it somebody that doesn't play for us yet? <laughs> as the midfield free pairing, McCalmont, Guy and Taylor Charters. Now, obviously, we know that Dylan uh, Maguick, or Magooch as I like to call him, uh, was was injured uh, with a hamstring strain. Uh, but Jaden Harris has been touted a lot throughout preseason for having a good preseason. Um, potentially, Liam, was was this the opportunity? Um, well, I, th- I think it's hard to say because was he given much? Sir, I think the, I think all of the players were a bit poor. I don't think anyone was really at fault to blame individually. I just think Taylor got slated uh, for his performance at Harrogate Town. That's why I would have thought Harris was potentially going to take that position. Well, I I think if Harris was going to take a spot, it would be Callum Guy's spot because he's more of a defensive player. Um, You could almost argue the same with McGeeck. I think Taylor was put in there as an Owen Moxon replacement with Owen Moxon you know, you know whatever whatever was going on with him, um, and I just think all of them players in the midfield played to, not to their best. Like, look, I'm I'm trying to defend Taylor because he's from Maryport, but um, <laughs> but it, I'll, I'll I'll be the first to admit it, it it wasn't his best game, um, 
I think he, he can be he can be more excused for this game um, than Harrogate because that was just a complete disaster. But um, against Oxford, I don't think he particularly did anything too awfully wrong. Um, but yeah, Would, is he going to start tonight if Owen Moxon's fit? I don't think he will. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the start of the eleven is tonight, either side, because obviously we've just spoken about the front pair in there. Probably going to keep shaking things up until someone scores a goal at least, um, and then yeah, we'll see what happens with the we'll midfield. Start with as well. two strikers would be a start with the striker. I, I, I would love to see, you know, t- even if Owen Mox isn't fit, take Taylor out, put Gibson in midfield, and start with two actual strikers. Because mm. I love Gibson, and I, I, you know, he's he's done really well this season. I think, and I think he's been, you know, the reason for a lot of the. There hasn't been a lot going well, well up top, but anything that has happened up top that's went well has been through Jordan Gibson. But I think he's still more effective if you push him back into like an attacking midfield position with two strikers in front of him instead of him trying to play as like a makeshift underlying forward kind of player. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what the what the big thing that Gibbo will give you is bags and bags and bags of energy and effort. And it was in the opening 15 minutes of the game where Gibson was scrapping for his life, managed to play the ball into Callum Guy, who almost got off the mark with, well, a classic Callum Guy sort of goal, I suppose you could say. A beautiful effort from just outside the area, which unfortunately fizzled past the post. Up until that point, or after... Therefore, sorry, Carlisle were defensively incredibly solid. Um, and it wasn't until a bit of a, a miscommunication, a lapse in concentration. I mean, you could call it, unfortunately, all kinds of things. But in the 76th minute, the Oxford City fullback played a long ball forward into the channels, which, you know, if Thomas Holy didn't come off his line, Mellish would have had the opportunity to squeeze the defender out wide but because Holy was off his line the striker torpoked it with his first touch round or past Holy and it just treacled bounced and rolled into the back of the net um we don't know what it is it might be communication but at the end of the day the positioning from the goalkeeper is very poor isn't it Liam yeah, it, it's it's atrocious, and and you can't put the blame entirely on Thomas Hawley. I think the the centre back line was maybe a bit higher than it needed to be uh, to leave Thomas Hawley that space that he, he. I think he felt the line was so far forward that he needed to be far forward with them. But even then, he, he's he's off centre. He's he's out. Of, is he out of his box? I think he's very close to being out of his box. Well, he? he's he's quite far into his box, but he he's still a long way off. His coming line, off though. his line, he. Well, he retreats a bit, and then he kind of like stops. So he's kind of like, he doesn't know whether he's going to. He's it, it. caught in two minds, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he doesn't he, know what he's doing. If he no. just decides, yeah, if he just decides, I'm going to come out. I mean, to be fair to the striker, he doesn't actually need to get into the box. But you know, if Holy kind of like closes that, you know, closes that distance down a bit more, maybe he does better. Like I say, if he gets back onto his line, maybe he does better. It's the kind of it's the indecision, but I think it's indecision from everybody, or indecision, or just not being in the in the correct positions to begin with, or reacting fast enough to what's you know it's just it's a fairly simple ball forwards. Um, it doesn't look like it should cause us too much trouble, but just because of the position that everyone's in when he plays it, 
Mm. It was it was a decent ball as well, to be fair. Like yeah. it, it's a good ball forward. We should be doing better than it with it, but yeah. it is a good ball forward from Oxford and a decent finish as well. You know, I'd, I, in my opinion, I'd much rather Thomas Orley runs out, clarts the striker, and gets sent off than do what he did. <laughs> You know, in a, in 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 a, in a harsh kind of way, I'd much rather he'd have done that because at least he's tried to do something. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just it's a, it's a weird one for me. Yeah, I mean, it's a disappointing loss uh, because we did defend really well, but going forward, there wasn't really a lot offered, especially in the second half. Um, I would have taken a draw. It would have been a well-deserved sort of like hard fought. They could have been proud of that point. And it's just this a momentary lapse in communication, concentration, caught in two minds, whatever you want to call it. But it's it's led to us not picking up any points. Um, and unfortunately, that's how things ended. Uh, there wasn't a lot after that. Simpson tried to shake things up a little bit. He took Paul Huntington off, brought Joe Garner on and and tried to sort of like change the formation around a little bit. I think there was an opportunity for Garner quite late on in the game, but, you know, the, the cookie just didn't crumble our way and that's... That was it, lads. Um, we'll move on uh, rather swiftly because you know there isn't really much to talk about when you lose one nil and you don't really have that much attacking opportunity going forward. Yeah. And so um, we're going to move on and talk about the Foxes' feature man of the match. Uh, Will, we'll start yeah. with you first. Um, can I decline to give a man of the match? I mean, <laughs> I was away. I didn't. I didn't see this game or listen to. I've only seen the highlights. Um, yeah, there's nothing on the highlights that really gives me. You uh, can't. I can't give a man of the match based on highlights that show nothing really. <laughs> only one positive action for Carlisle. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, surprised, yeah. I'm surprised someone should get a highlights reel out of it. To be honest, <laughs> the highlights has like a Callum guy having a shot at the start, but that's the only Carlisle <laughs> highlight. So, and in a situation in a situation like this, though, I've I've sort of like figured out that it's just good to sort of like throw a man of the match towards like your favorite player or one of your favorite players in general, <laughs> just so they get your points on the board, so they might have a chance of winning the the <laughs> thing at the end of the season. So in the interest of doing that, and also like I said, bags of energy, bags of potential, uh, bags of enthusiasm, bags of running, I'm gonna give it to uh, God, Gordon Gibbu. <laughs> Jordan Gibson. I'm gonna give it to Jordan, Jordan Gibson, Gibson. <laughs> just because just because. It, you know, he, he continues to be the only bit of flair we have going forward at the moment. Liam, are you going to give it to anyone? Yeah, I'll give it John Mellish. Yeah, he made some good tackles in the first half from what from what I heard on the radio. Um, yeah, just like you said, give it to your favourite player, John Mellish. <laughs> so we're going to do that. Uh, we'll move on to our predictions for next weekend's match. It's Exeter City. And uh, from memory, Exeter drew 0-0 this weekend at home against Blackpool and find themselves seventh in the league on four points. So they've, uh, they're not doing terribly bad and uh, we could we could really do with getting off the mark uh, and getting three points on the board getting the first victory of the season um, and in the interest of doing that and because of the fashion that we played against Oxford United I think we have the potential to win that game 1-0 Will what do you think? Um, yeah I'm, no I'm gonna go 1-1 just 1-1 yeah, we're still kind of like waiting to get going this season. Um, and Exeter aren't a bad side and haven't had a bad start. So I'm going to go 1 1. That's fair. That's fair, Liam. Um, I think after we beat Wigan tonight, we'll go on to beat 
no, I'm not going to be that. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna beat we're gonna beat Wigan, and then we're gonna beat Exeter, and we're gonna bonus beat Exeter prediction two from... nil. Yeah, <laughs> bonus this prediction. This could be proved immediately yeah. wrong by people listening. <laughs> I'm gonna say by the time <laughs> this goes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens, lads. Uh, thanks for your predictions. Right, last week on the podcast, we had a bit of a pre-season friendly in everybody's favorite game. But lads, it is time for everybody's favourite game, guessing the player. Now I'm going to try and figure out a, a, a potential way of doing things going into next season, uh, or this season rather, where we're going to be trying to figure out a point system with four of us potentially playing the game with a rotating question master uh, and we'll have a league table that will keep people potentially updated on I think that's a good way yeah it'd be good to get you involved yeah, exactly. You know, I can play games. <laughs> you know, I can play games as well. Uh, but yeah, we can have a league table and uh, yeah, we can have a prize for the person who wins the league and a booby prize for the person that gets relegated, you know, or or whatever we'll call it. But yeah, um, so with, this is just a friendly match. No points really matter in the in this get version of guessing the player. And um, so we're going to dive straight into it, gentlemen. It's time for guessing the player. And out of courtesy... Um, Liam, I think it's only right that the returning holiday um, champion of last season gets to go first, don't you? Yep, that's fine by me. <laughs> okay, Will. <laughs> so as the reigning champion out of courtesy in this friendly match, you get to go first in guessing the player. And the first clue this week is this player never scored in a two-year stay at Carlisle United. Um... Two years. I'm going. I mean, be a very ballsy <laughs> opening question for him if it is. Uh, I'm going to go with Chris Chandler. It's not Chris Chandler, I'm afraid. It's not Chris Chandler. Unlucky Liam. Um. Well, if you'd asked me this last season, I'd have said Callum Guy. But as he's now had a decent goal scoring season, I'm. What an awful question! I don't. I don't... I... That, 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 that's such a. That's not. Because he got it first time last week. I had to plow in. I know. I know that. That. I'm. I'm just genuinely. I'm just trying to think of players that's only stayed here for two years. What about? Um. <laughs> Can I just? Can I just say Magnus Norman, see if you have gone with a keeper? It's Who's not Magnus Norman, I'm afraid. <laughs> it's not Magnus Norman. <laughs> Will, second clue yeah. is this player is a Welshman. Is it Gethin Jones? I was thinking that. It's not Gethin Jones, ah. I'm afraid. Liam, who do you think <laughs> it is? You know, I just genuinely can't figure any more Welsh people that played for us. Um... <laughs> Oh Jesus! I actually genuinely can't think of any Welsh people. Who did? Was it? Um... Oh, was he Scottish? I'm, I, I've got no other answer, so I'm gonna have to say, was it Gavin Riley? I think he was Scottish, though. 
It's not Gavin Riley, I'm afraid. So the last opportunity this week, and the last clue is before joining Carlisle United, yeah. this player played in Malta. Uh, I can remember assigning somebody who'd been in Malta, but same. But I think it was Joe Garner. Was it Joe Garner? No, it wasn't Malta? Joe Garner. Cyprus, no, he, he Joe was Garner. Cyprus. Yeah, Cyprus, there yeah. is. I can. I can remember. I can remember the signing someone he'd been. So I mean, it was one of those. I feel like it was a Greg Abbott signing, or it was. You know where Greg Abbott's been on holiday and then come back with a player, some <laughs> something that he sometimes did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go James Bailey. It's not James Bailey, I'm afraid. Liam, with the last opportunity, <laughs> I was kind of over Will's got it there because I have a clue. <laughs> um, um, I, I, I'm not going to pass because that's that's a cowardly move. But um, oh Jesus, Welsh player. From Malta, who never scored, but was here for two years. I, I, I can't even I think can of a Welshman. I can remember the signing of a player who's who'd been in Malta. And you definitely said, remember it. You've kind of helped me by saying it was Greg Abbott. I mean, it might not. I feel like it was one of those. Yeah, you can't backtrack now. It was. It, it was. <laughs> it was just something to do with like the Glen Hoddle School, and and Greg Abbott was kind of like, um getting involved with Glen Hoddle soccer school and that was kind of like in Malta or something and there was a player that had kind of like drifted out of the game and it was to bring it was to kind of like bring in players mm. back into the game I'm just going to make up a Welsh name go on. It... <laughs> I'll go with Sedwin Jones <laughs> no it's not Sedwin Jones <laughs> uh... It was actually. <laughs> it was a goalkeeper. It was Dan Hanford, ah. born in Swansea. Dan Hanford was playing for a side called like Fluminense in Malta before he joined Carlisle United. And obviously, as a goalkeeper, it's very rare if they score. So that was it this week. It was Dan Hanford. Um, I mean, that's your warm up, lads. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You got it out the way. You got it out the way. This is the warm up. But next week, we'll give us hundred guesses. I don't think I'd have got that. <laughs> next week, we'll be trying to work on some kind of like way of playing the game um, as a rotation in system I don't know if we're going to do two and two we might do three I don't know we'll see how we work it out we'll talk about it in the group chat uh, but that's all we need to talk about this yeah. week on the Blue Army podcast gentlemen so there isn't really anything anything else left for us to do apart from saying bye for now bye for, bye for now, now.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.